Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Sensibly Cynical. My name, of course, is Sean, and I have a classic, classic interview lined up for you today. Sinio, a rapper and producer out of Oakland. Um, also, he is the host of Lyrical Ones, which you can find wherever you get your podcasts. Sinio is doing something cool. He's doing a song a day. He talks about all that, how he started, his... Uh, you know, friendship with uh, Stoner the Villain. That's how we got in contact and uh, much more. So this is a long one. So grab a drink, grab something and enjoy my interview with Cineo. But before we get to that, let me get the advertisements out of the way. You can check out Sensibly Cynical wherever you get your podcasts as well. We are on Instagram at Sensibly Cynical Pod. Uh, Twitter is at Cynical Sensibly. Facebook page, you can subscribe to YouTube. I'm doing a lot more on YouTube, Reels and such, so check that out, Um, WordPress. And also, you can get a mug from uh, Bonfire. Just type in Sensibly Cynical and uh, check out our mugs. All right, now it is time for my interview with Cineo. Enjoy. Thank you for doing this. It's all good. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> You're like my boy's uh, favorite rapper. So I had to, my boy Stoner the Villain was like, "Hey, yeah, you gotta get my you gotta get my guy on." You know. Shout out to Stoner the Villain. Um, for <laughs> so talk on. about you, you know him like personally from uh, you from the uh, Oakland or. So I mean, without getting into too much detail, me and Stoner no, yeah. go way back, <laughs> way way back. Um, uh, it's one of those things where. Kindred spirits, we are much aligned in the way we see the world, and you know, uh, you know, he's one of my favorite artists as well. Like he's an incredible talent. Like you know, not just in terms of his philosophy and the way he thinks, but like mm. I've seen this this man grow, and on the journey, like he's just learned so much. Like I've always marveled right. at his ability to just pick things up and not think about the process. Like he just he goes in and he learns, he figures out like what to do, how to do it. So shout out to Stoner the villain. Like Stoner yeah, that- the villain is like there's not another. There's not gonna be Did you another. see did did you see the the uh, reel I posted of him dropping it at the end? Yeah. Acapella? Yeah. 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 That's, <laughs> yeah that's, man. That's him. So let's dive into let's dive into what you've been doing lately. What's this uh, one song a day? How did that start, and what's the meaning behind it? Um, so, I mean, this is gonna this is gonna be quite the the explanation. Um, I consider myself a very hard worker, like routine, discipline, practice. Like that's just who I am. Mm-hmm. And so, this actually goes a while back. There's a producer by the name of Illmind. Back in 2019, um, I was just coming out of the loss of my mother in 2018, and I was kind mm-hmm. of struggling with music and, like, where where do I find myself with it? Because, you know, for all intents and purposes, I wasn't too keen on the concept of fame and notoriety and being known, hence the mask. Mm-hmm. But gotcha, gotcha. I, I have a huge love and appreciation for music and it's always been something where I've done it in many different capacities, managed artists, produced and all these things. And I would go, I would grow frustrated because I'm like, yo, do this, do that. And they'd be like, Oh no, I don't do that. And I'm like, (laughs) then how do you grow if you don't try and experiment? So I was like a lot of times finding myself in these situations where um, Mm -hmm. I would rap, like I'd be the rapper, right. But like you dealing with producers who get, overlooked or don't get seen in the same light right like there's a there's a difference in how an artist is treated versus how producers are treated right producers are treated as an as a background accessory a lot of times versus like having just as equal footing given the the you know they're not the voice or the face on the track right but they're the ones right. creating the composition and accompaniment so mm-hmm. i would always find myself in these situations right like i only rapped so i could get in the studio so i could make beats but developing a skill, right? I was like, all right, let me do these songs. And these songs meant a lot to me. So eventually I was like, in 2019, I seen this thing on Instagram for Illmind and I recognized the name and I knew of the producer. And it was like this meetup that was happening in San Francisco. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to this meetup. And when I went Mm -hmm. to the meetup, he was pretty much just, you know, it was, I didn't realize it was a networking event. I was just like, oh, Illmind's going to listen to my stuff and right. get some feedback. And so he was giving feedback, but it was also like, 
so much talent in the room. And I remember vividly going with my boy and we were like the last ones to play our music. And he was like, you know, have you thought about quitting your job? And like, he didn't say this to nobody else. So I was like, man, I don't know. Like, he was like, I don't know what situation you got going on at home, but it sounds like you need to be doing this more. You need to be doing this every day. And one of the things he was telling us was, if you could release a song every day, why not release a song every day? And that just stuck in my head, right? One, quit your job. Like, think about it, right? What's your situation? And the <laughs> yeah, other let's, was, think, let's think about this before you do it. I hear you. I mean, for real. I'm like, what is this even? What is this, What do you mean? Quit my job, right? And it's like, he's like, you know, he listens yeah. to the song and he's like, you, like, you got something. You need to really focus and hone in on your craft. And I'm like, ah, okay, sure. So after that event, it just echoed in my head like all the time, like quit mm -hmm. your job, put music out every day. And being a producer and being a lyricist, I would always find myself in these situations where I would just like, especially in 2020, like after George Floyd, I was like making full projects in a weekend. Like I was like, right. I had realized I went to another event of ill minds network with a bunch of people. And in that network, mm -hmm. it was like, Oh, here's some beats knock right. it out on a weekend and then send it back and they'd be like man you just like you just ripped this in like 24 hours and i was like so fueled with pain rage and hurt that mm -hmm. i was like i'm gonna just i'm gonna knock these projects out and i'm never gonna be the one to be like oh let me not give you something in return like i know what it means to be a producer and, and stick mm -hmm. your neck out and in the like i remember there was a documentary little wayne did where he was like oh i need the right situation i need the right beat and he's like i'm a rapper like this is what I do. And I was like, I always, I always yeah. kept that same approach where it was like, I get the opportunity to do this. So who am I mm -hmm. to, to like not do my best at every possible interval, like give my all. Right. And so right. I just was like all this energy, release these songs. And then recently I did, I was working on a movie with a friend and you know, there was like a, a moment where they had to take a break. And it hit me very hard without getting too in detail of like the reasons why it hit me. And mm -hmm. I was like, I just got to do it. Like, I got to like, okay, we're not going to be able to work for it for a little bit. All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to just grind and I'm just going to make a song a day. Right. I look at currency and I love currency. He like puts out an album like every month and I look at Russ and he puts out a song like every week. And I was like, I'm going to make mm -hmm. a beat and make a song every day. Like I got my own business dealings to attend to and be responsible for. But I was like, somehow, some way I'm going to make a song every day. And so that was the thing was like, OK, I'm going to just do it. I'm going to just make a beat, make a song. And it's like a daily affirmation. Right. It's like mm -hmm. for me, it the the substance in the content means a lot. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to produce content that promotes healing, love, compassion, positivity, and do it my way. And so, you know, I'm now like, this is about to be day 10. I'm actually working on the 10th beat right now. Like this is like, there's been so much I've been able to do in this process. Like yesterday I made three beat, three beats for the mm -hmm. intention of making one song. Right. And that doesn't include all the other responsibilities and things that I have right. to do. So, you know, shout out to, um, the capture visuals because Dez, she told me, you know, I've seen her videos and I'm like, she said it in her video. She says it in person, make the time. And so more than ever, I'm going to make the time. And so that's kind of like a long winded explanation of how no, it's, the, it's the, all good, man. That's one why a day. Monday through Friday, <laughs> one song a day. Hey, just, uh, just making it rain, uh, you know, make them rain one after another. Exactly. <laughs> Got to drop them. Yeah. It's precipitation. Uh, so when did you first, like, how far back do you go in the game? Like, do you remember the first time you uh, started a project? I mean, funny enough, the, the like, taking it way back, let's take it to, like, oh, I would say oh one. Like, even before, mm -hmm. actually, like, being a kid, like, um, you know, being from the Bay Area, there was a period of time when Cash Money Records was gigantic in the Bay, like, like you couldn't get mm -hmm. away from juvenile 400 degrees. You couldn't get away from BG, Chopper City in the ghetto. You couldn't get away from Little Wayne, the block is hot. 
And so we would do our own versions of those songs, like like a like the cassette deck, right? We would get a cassette of a copy, a dub of one of the albums, and then we figured mm-hmm. out how to use the speaker as a microphone to play out of one side and then speak into the other to record another dub where we're rapping over the Cash Money songs. And so that was like the first time where I was like, really getting into like the idea of me being a rapper but it was all like parody being a kid being stupid but then my uh my brother from another um dx relish middle school we started getting into freestyle fridays and we used to like freestyle what? in middle school every every time we get together we just be freestyling and i remember the, the the like there was two catalyst moments when it was like oh this is like this is getting real. We was in middle school and I was, I was processing like this girl I liked and I was doing it through a freestyle and I didn't tell him any of these things. I just said it in a freestyle and the freestyle came together so ill that he was like, why didn't you tell me? But two, like that was super dope. And then we were like, yo, like we're getting better. And so he ends up hitting me up year, like a couple years later, we're in like high school. I just got the original Xbox. Like this is like, Oh, one. And this was like, I remember this. I was back like, in the Halo. day, day. Back in the day. I'm playing, <laughs> playing with my cousin. I'm playing Halo. I'm feeling myself. He's like, hey, let's battle. And he has this girl on the phone. And so we battle. And I start saying things about his relationship. And she laughs. And he's like, you see? You see? That's the problem. I'm done with you. And he dumps her. And he swore revenge on me, like, for that mm. moment. So I remember, like, months later, I was seeing him with dictionaries and listening to rap songs. I'm like, what is he, what is he getting ready to do? And so... We go to the park, and he gets all our friends around. He's like, all right, we're going to battle. I'm like, we're going to what? He's like, yeah, we're going to battle. I'm like, all right, I'm going to back down. I beat you once. I'll beat you again. This dude <laughs> obliterated me in front of our friends. And that's when I was like, all right, we're taking this more serious than, than like, it's just a, a novelty, just, like, thing we do, right? It's not just a hobby now. It's like, you can rap. I can rap. And this moment has triggered a response where I need to get better. So it just became this thing of refining our lyricism. But for me, it was like, I want to be a producer. I want to make beats. Like, I want my friend to be the rapper and me make the beats. And so it was this journey of trying to figure out how to, like, make beats. And so, like, some of the first projects were all actually based around a program uh, called the DJ Project, where I, like, Mm -hmm. immersed myself in this nonprofit place where it was like, you know, they had this this curriculum that I followed. And I took it in Mm -hmm. and... I was able to learn how to make beats and that kind of really set me off and like opened up the world in a different capacity where I'm like, yeah, music is something I I just not only love, but it's something I got to do. I have to do like this is in me. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that was, that was some of the, uh, especially in the hip hop rap scene, like, right. That's where it was at. Is the, is it harder now to get noticed, you know, from back in the day? Cause I know now, you know, with, uh, I guess SoundCloud is still around, but, you know, of course, Spotify. You find it harder to get noticed now? I feel like, it, one, it's, it's not hard to get noticed when you're wearing a mask. Um, it's, <laughs> it stands out, True. you know what I'm saying? But, but you know what I mean? Like, no, sonically. no, I mean, it's, it's a thing where it depends on what you're looking for. Like, mm-hmm. if you're looking for, like, quote-unquote fame, like, if you're looking for this this high stature, then you got to go to where where's the industry exist at for that, right? Like, right now, I still see it as L.A., Atlanta, New York, and kind of, you mm-hmm. know, Florida to some degree, where hey. <laughs> everyone, everyone's, you know, like, those are hubs, and they have mm-hmm. platforms for people to, like, not just network, but also, like, grow their craft in a way that is complementary to mm-hmm. the industry as a music industry, right? It's like, L.A. is known for hollywood it's known for entertainment and there's a there's a it's accessible it's in proximity right it's like there's gatekeepers and if you're Mm -hmm. looking to play into that game and go in that that avenue you could do that or you could go on twitch and just find a way to build a community every day being rigorous being disciplined and do it that way where it's like yeah maybe you don't have the acclaim but you still have right. the sustainability. You still have the ability to create an audience and have an audience engaged with you. So I really think as an artist today, there's more opportunities to like figure out your path and what you want to do. 
and mm-hmm. to be seen. It's just a matter of how much you're willing to risk to then like say, okay, I'm going to put myself in this situation and then kind of gauge like what are the, what are the benefits and what are the, the, the potential harm and what it is that I'm trying to pursue and what I, what is I want to accomplish. So yeah, being seen yeah. as an artist, it really, it depends. Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, I want to continue what you were talking about. Something you said intrigues me because I had a guy on the podcast, um, Digi, uh, and he was using Twitch as like, um, as like a way for like playing, obviously the traditional way sort of sorts video games. But are you saying people use Twitch for like to release music? Yeah. Like people, people get on YouTube live or Twitch and then just make songs. Really? Yeah, like there's people huh. on there that just talk. No, like YouTube, but Twitch, I didn't know that. I didn't know people were using Twitch as a platform for music. Yeah, yeah, there's people on oh. there who have their audiences where they're just making music. Like they're just getting on there and like really building a community around their music. And it's not just that. There's people who are doing just conversations, right? There's people who yeah. are just, you know, going through their daily life and capturing everything. It's right now more than ever they there's platforms and there's content that needs to be on those platforms. So mm-hmm. if you are, you know, the way I seen it was I'm going to go to work and I'm going to put on a show for my, <laughs> for my job. Right. Don't yeah. matter how I feel. If I get in a room full of these kids or these people and I'm going to give them this information, I'm putting on a show so yeah. I can do this for them or I can do this for myself and do it with something that I'm more in alignment with. That's more to the core of who I am outside of the scope of asking for permission or being granted access or having them hang a check over my head every time. It's like, yeah, this is, uh, this is what's required of you today. Right. And it's like, uh, you know what? <laughs> right. I could possibly go in these other avenues, explore and experiment and see what is, what is it worth? What is, what has value to me mm-hmm. when it comes to the daily grind where, you know, it's, it's everybody finds their way. And for me, I realize having to do it under the umbrella or under the pyramid of others, it was mm-hmm. like, I'm cool. And so, yeah, there's more than ever opportunities and it's, it's, it can be challenging to be consistent, but if you're going to breathe every day and never question it, well, <laughs> you can, you know, lay the, lay the stones in place to build something that's substantial. Right. Right. Now I did, I did uh, re- read something so you're a you own gospel? Is that what did I read that right? Like you're let's get a gospel. You were a gospel, yeah, like gospel singer turned rapper is what I thought I read. No, was that a joke? I saw that you posted that on Twitter. Was that like a serious thing or were you kidding? I mean, I'm super sarcastic. Um, so you know, that's there's that element, but to me it's uh let's get a gospel was this like play on the idea of like i don't know if you've ever been in this situation or you've been this person where you're like bro next year it's gonna be my year like bro i'm finna get it bro like it's gonna happen like you finna see and it was like <laughs> this ongoing right. dialogue right where you or someone you know always saying like what i'm finna do what's gonna happen how it's gonna happen and so you're talking about like a new year's resolution I mean, it could be a New Year's resolution. It could be, it could be whatever, right? It could be, I'm gonna change my life. Uh, I'm gonna leave this job. I'm gonna get out this relationship. Like, watch. And then sometimes mm-hmm. people do it, and sometimes people don't, right? It's like, oh, here you mm-hmm. go again, saying you're gonna get it or let's get it. And so for me, it was like, I'm gonna do something about it. Like, let's get it. And this is the gospel of let's get it. Like, this is the gospel of overcoming obstacles of facing all the problematic harm of like seeing things and realizing you wanted to address it in a way that is proactive and taking action and initiative. So let's get a gospel is literally like the play on that, right? It's like oftentimes we find ourselves preaching to the choir. Like people get so consumed with like the issues of today and then they go find their, their community. And then it's just like an echo chamber. Right. And it's like, Mm okay, what happens when you turn it into something that is like music, right? And that's what that project is, is me being as artsy-fartsy eccentric as possible in, a, in the conceptualized scope, right? right. But also mm-hmm. taking those, those conversations, those daily like moments where you're like frustrated and turn it into something that's like you could listen to. And that's really what it was. 
I, I gotta admit that intro was hard, bro. On Thank that you. project, Thank you. <laughs> that intro, that intro is legit, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> and so, um, trouble that song right there. I mean, was that was that one of the ones that you were like you knew was a hit? Like, talk about that one. I mean, to me, um, I enjoy what I do, right? So I I don't make things that I don't enjoy. I make things that mm-hmm. like that are reflective and capturing the moment or something that's like, I need this to listen to, right? Like I love music. So I love making things that I can listen to. Like I get to always have new music. Like I get to be mm-hmm. self-serving in that way. Now I make sure that it's also serving a purpose in terms of this content. So trouble, like that whole project has samples that are familiar, right? Whether you can mm-hmm. tell or not, everything has a bit of familiarity, right? And that one has Marvin Gaye as like the core of it, right? And so to me, I was taking Trouble Man, the song, and then I was flipping it where it's like um, taking the concept of what it means to be troubled, but like taking a proactive approach, right? Not, not just reflecting on what's going on in the world, but like saying this is what I'm going to do about it, right? And so that was kind of my idea behind it where like the beat, the beat, the, every song, the beat came first. It was just like, okay, we got a beat going. <laughs> now it's, what am I going to say? And so the Trouble Man song was like, you know, talking about the things that, that ailed or were impacting Marvin Gaye. And then for me, it was talking about those things that impacted me, but flipping those words, right, where it's like, um, you know, even when I was against me, I still overcome overdose from perfection. Mm-hmm. My words overdone. Right. And it's like thinking about how do I address the harm, but doing it in a way that's like reflecting what is happening. Right. Like I come from a family where a lot of people die and a, and a lot of those deaths are centered around just bad choices, bad habits. Right. Misinformation or lack of information, lack of access. And so now it's like going through that what do I do to not have that continue, right? To stop the repeated harm of like having to witness the loss of life. So that was, that was really where it came down to. It was like trouble was me talking about healthy eating was me talking about all these different things, right? It's like, mm-hmm. that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to address what the it was. trouble. <laughs> right. And that's the thing I, I like about your music is, you know, some people I'm not, like I said, uh, I think I said this on a podcast not long ago. You know, sometimes I like mindless music. Sometimes just jam it up. But with you, I appreciate it much more because every lyric, I feel like every lyric in every song has some sort of meaning behind it. It's not just, oh, let's, let's put some words together and see what happens. And I appreciate about that. Your, I appreciate that about your music, man. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I I think it's important to be mindless, like to have those moments where you can just vibe out and not have to think. But me, I'm hard headed. Mm -hmm. I'm head heavy content. I'm like, I'm going to give you something of substance, even like you could hear the beats, right? It's not like the beats didn't have a certain like level of bounce to them or a certain level of like intentionality behind it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just continual, so, yeah. Exactly, right? It's, it's pushing people to move. And it wasn't to be, like, beating you over the head as much as it was, like, you can marry the two, right? You can have that kind of mindless fun and be like, okay, mm-hmm. this is this is what I'm going to do. This is who I am with intentionality, with purpose, with a sense of responsibility, with a sense of compassion. Like, we have these innate desires and feelings, and there's there's room for all of it to exist so for me it was like i remember what it was like to listen to you know cash money like back that ass up or hot girl but then also listen to like talib kwali and like listen to most deaf and like i listened to it all it wasn't it wasn't like segmented it was like this is life Mm -hmm. this is what we go through right i'm gonna have people i like I'm going to have girls that I'm going to crush on. I'm going to have moments right. of anger and aggression. I'm going to have moments of sadness and reflection. So mm-hmm. for me, how do I present that in a way that I can like be wholeheartedly behind? And that, you know, that's yeah. kind of like my, my perspective as an artist. Yeah. Were you into like uh, Tupac and Biggie and Snoop and all them or like talk about I mean, some other influences? You know what I mean? <laughs> so growing up, Biggie was a big influence. Like, being from the West Coast and saying that, that's, like, sacrilegious to a lot of people. But for me, mm-hmm. like, 
you're talking about taking like my mom listened to a lot of old school music so biggie and the palette that he had was that r&b old school vibe like you're taking isley brothers you're taking all these classic songs right neil rogers right you're taking all of these super timeless things and you're just rapping on it effortlessly like mm -hmm. with the smoothest of delivery and so immediately i i was just i gravitated to that right Tupac, I right. appreciate it, but these were like, as a kid, in my ignorance, these were my complaints. One, too many features, and two, I I had a good, I still have a good radar for when, like, something is being delivered, and it's not, it's not as, it's not as clear as it could be, right? And I, I say that, Dear Mama, you gotta like Dear Mama, right? You like yeah, that but that's song? one song. <laughs> I'm talking about, I like to listen to whole albums. Right. You give me one song. Yeah. Right. Dear Mama. And then you go with hit him up. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like you sit there talking about love, Dear Mama. Yeah. You're like, that's why I fucked your bitch. And it's like, wait, what? You talking <laughs> about they kids dying? Hold up. I'm a kid. I don't want to die. What? Biggie <laughs> yeah. never was trying to kill kids. What we doing? <laughs> right. And then it's like, I get it. Like, there's a lot of um, romanticized kind of like standards that fit that Tupac was able to like illuminate and stand yeah. on right like I think part of it was just like him uh like dying early and had some sort of like myth mythological well, you know legacy it was also like I'm not just saying that but you know what I mean there's some sort of like cult like you know you know what well, I mean I mean look at it like this right like when we look at like the terms of attractiveness right like Tupac was mm -hmm. an actor, right? Tupac felt like he fed into the quintessential idea of what a man should look like, right? Like Biggie was fat, cockeyed, like he owned it, mm -hmm. but the way that it presented itself, when you talk about where the eyes are going to go and like what is the perpetual media machine, the media machine mm -hmm. is going to tell you this is what you need to look like. And so Tupac, more, more than enough, looked like that, right? He looked like that guy, right? Whereas Biggie... He looked more average, right? And that's not anything of disrespect. That's just the way society is. Society was set up where Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger are seen as these strong men, right? Mm -hmm. Muscles, rip, right? Like, who came up with the concept that if I can see more of your insides, then you're beautiful more than the next person? But that's just society. Society dictates that, right? It's like, if I could see your stomach muscles... Your stomach muscles have defined you as beautiful. So now we're going to take the picture of you in the bathtub naked with a bunch of jewelry, and then people are going to gravitate towards mm -hmm. that, right? Tupac don't. He's just Tupac. He's just a man doing his thing. But society and the culture around him helps perpetuate him in a way where he becomes this bigger-than-life force, right? Where mm -hmm. it becomes this thing where it's not just about the music. It's about the tattoos it's about the jewelry it's about him spitting at the camera right it's about right. all these different visual cues that you take in because you live in a society that's con is constantly generating a perceptual message of what you need to be or who you need to look like or what you should think and it's like to me i was raised in a household where i'm always constantly challenged on like Oh, are you thinking for yourself? Or are you thinking because that's what they told you to think? So if I got to think for mm -hmm. myself, then it's like, okay, as much as I like Pac and I like Dear Mama and I like Keep Your Head Up and I like all these other songs, like, to me, it's something about Juicy. It's just something about Juicy, right? Like, <laughs> but also, this is the thing. This is the thing. Tupac put out so much music and there were so many features where I felt like I didn't get enough of Pac, which then it was like, Biggie only got two albums, but I know with those two albums, I got a lot more Biggie than I got Pac, right? And mm -hmm. so as a kid, it was like, what did you have access to? What are the singles you hearing on the radio? And it's like, after a while, to me, it was like, as dope as Tupac was, and as much as I right. appreciate and respect his artistry and what he gave to me, there's something about this, like, smooth, tranquil, calm, collected sensibility that grabbed, like just spoke to me a little bit more, right? It's not just place one over the other in any regards. Like, they're both infinitely amazing. Mm -hmm. But I don't feed into the to the hive mind of like consciousness where it's like you gotta you gotta like this you gotta because that's what right, we all say and it's like right I appreciate them for what they are but beyond that I'm gonna think I'm gonna think very critically about it and thinking critically about mm -hmm. it 
Like, I mean, yeah, Snoop too. Snoop was somebody who was majorly influential to me where it was like, I remember that was like the first album that I really bought was like the Dogfather. Like, and then mm. paid the cost to be the boss was like, or the games to be sold, not to be told. Like, it was mm. like, to me, Snoop, again, the, going back to that murkiness, that was a lot clearer of a message when it came to Snoop. And I could right. see and receive that differently. Yeah, and he's he's uh, taking it to the next level. Like as far as like um, as far as media appearances, you know, entrepreneur. He's cat. He's really like catapulted himself to like icon status. You know what I mean? I mean, he's just owned who he is and has you know just constantly delivered with consistency on mm -hmm. who is he in the moment, right? Like he goes through different right. moments in time, and you know, it's like. Snoop is always finding ways to reinvent or or at least show you his process, like let you in right. where he's at in life. Right. It's like I'm not going to I'm not going to create Snoop Dogg as a facade as much as I am Snoop Dogg. And you just on a, you on a journey with me. Right. And I'm just going to give you what I'm feeling. And so I appreciate that infinitely. Like Snoop is beyond legendary. Mm -hmm. Now. Let's talk about uh, what you got in the pipeline, man. Do you got? Can you uh, share a little bit of what you got coming up? I mean, most definitely. So, I'm right now. I'm working on a couple singles that I want to release. Um, that are, you know, not the song a day, not the song a day <laughs> content. You know, it's, it's right, it's, right, right. I've given it a lot more time to marinate and sit with, and you know, it's uh, they're important to me in that sense where the music is complementary to everything else that we have going on like that's that's unfortunately where we are where music as much as it's appreciated and people say it's the centerpiece to their lives because it's so accessible it's not treated that way like you're not going to a listening session to sit in a room and listen to an album you're gonna stream it on your phone but people will go to the movie theaters to watch a movie right it's like it's a big difference in the way that people access it and consume it and so for me, it's like putting out music and the music that I'm getting ready to put out is in association to other things that I'm getting ready to do. And those things I don't want to say because it's like, it's so much. Hey, 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 I didn't ask you to, you know, give no, the no, whole no, by all means, I just want to be clear in like <laughs> my, my process and how I operate, right? It's like there's other things that are going on in the background where it's like, I just feel like when you're an independent artist, music is seen different. Right. It's like mm -hmm. it's a different way of like um, like I'm very clear about what is music and not putting up this like facade like the mask. Right. This is the, the uniform. This is the boundary that's created. And that's because I speak in such an honest and direct way where I'm operating on many different levels beyond just the scope of like, oh, you putting out music. Yes. And the reason, the purpose and the why and the where and the how Look, mm -hmm. this is what's going on. Right. So. Yeah, there's music coming on on top of that the music that i'm doing the song a day every week i look at what song has the most plays and then i'm gonna release that on all major platforms right so last week um it was take it slow this week i have a favorite that i'm kind of leaning towards but i'm gonna just see how it plays out and like i said i'm gonna release every song on all major platforms as i see like which one do people gravitate to the most right it's, it's mm -hmm. giving that engagement of like Oh, these these are the songs I rock with. So then it's like, okay, well then there's a likelihood others will rock with this one more as well. Because you could put out right. a lot, but you kind of need that feedback to understand like where are people leaning towards, where are they they going to. And last week I felt the same way. Like I was like, this is this one. I'm not gonna say nothing, <laughs> but this the one. And then I seen like everybody resonated the same way I did. So I'm like, cool. Right. Now, this week, I got one that I'm really resonating with, so we got to see on the weekend if that's going to be the case or is it going to be something else. So this is a this is mm -hmm. an experiment process, a growing and learning process for me. And so, yeah, there's music I'm going to constantly be putting out. I'm working with other artists as well. Um, shout out yeah. to Figo Navarro. We got something brewing right now where I'm producing the whole project. And, you know, there's other artists that I'm I'm working with in the background that I'm like, trying to prep you know shout out to detour producer from the bay who's incredible um we've been you know vibing he sent me some stuff i'm working on that as well i'm going to be creating a lot of songs this weekend for that and then um t venom t venom t venom t venom my mass brother from another mother um we 
we did a project about uh, back in 2020 called Symbiosis 1. Now we're working on Symbiosis 2, and it's like twice as big, twice as, <laughs> twice as much. Yeah. And we're like, we're constantly crafting and working on what that's going to look like. We just did like a physical CD of it that like, you know, it was, um, it's a labor of love. We, we, nice. we have a high appreciation for the, for the art form of music and all the nostalgia that comes with it. So yeah, there's, there's a lot brewing, man. There's a, I'm busy. I'm definitely busy. <laughs> there's a lot. Moving I see that. On top of I see that. music supervisor for a documentary called Reentrification. Reentrification is a film that is produced by Lyrical Opposition, directed by Figo Navarro. And, you know, I got the ability to work with Sammy Freeman on the score. And it was, it's, it's, still, a, it's still an ongoing process. Like, we did our first cut. It was, a, it was a very well received. Like, people really received it well. And the movie is a documentary based around the housing crisis in the Bay Area and around mm -hmm. what are some of the solutions um, primarily one of them being about tiny homes as a transitional point, right? Like everybody has these small accessory dwelling units that they're making or these backyard units that they're making. Right. And right, so right, right. an organization built a bunch of them and is using it as like short-term like living for people who are transitioning into more stable situations, right? So it's like, oh, you need, a, you need an address, right? You need a, a place to rest, right? You got kids, and you just need a you need a moment to gather yourself before you get your next job or you get your next opportunity. And so this movie explores the stories of the people who've been able to experience the tiny homes and also what are some other solutions that are being kind of explored right now to address the housing crisis for people who are unhoused. So mm -hmm. that's that's what's brewing right now. Yeah, man, you got a lot, you're a busy busy guy, man. You got hey, so um you were mentioning collaborations. That's that's feedback too, right? Not just from you know the listener, but is it nice to get feedback from people that you're working with? Definitely, def. I love I love feedback. I love to talk to people like people who know me and have worked with me in the studio. Know I appreciate a nice discourse or <laughs> argument about music, um, but when it's hypercritical, like. I appreciate that feedback. Like I appreciate knowing what are the mm -hmm. things that people are, are like, this ain't sounding right. This don't feel right. That ain't the right key. These ain't the right notes. This ain't the right instrument. Like this ain't the best flow. Like this could have been done. Well, like I appreciate knowing what do people see, right? Because mm -hmm. it helps me expand and test myself to push myself beyond the limits of where I'm at. Like it is a communal right. experience when I make music and it's nothing nothing can be done in a silo. Like you can, by all means you can, but for me, I love the process to work with others. Like it's nothing, yeah, you, nothing beats that. Do you go out and play like at venues and stuff like, uh, like uh, bars or clubs or anything or, I mean, or do you, you know what I mean? Like, no, definitely. Like, uh, the most consistent place that I've been performing is at Stacks record shop in Hayward. I've been there every month since November and like i think we missed one month because it was like an event that can like had to be moved around but mm -hmm. i've been there every month and the people in like their reaction like first everyone like like kids respond better to the mass like you're trying to hide your identity huh and i'm like you see that's what's up right what are you like ray mysterio <laughs> i mean ray mysterio batman you name it spider-man your friendly neighborhood rapper producer whatever the <laughs> Right. Hey, I have a, I had another, uh, Cintador. I, you're not the first masked, uh, artist on the podcast. That's what's up. I mean, we coming up out here. You feel me? We out here. <laughs> you're we the really second. Do, we doing it. You know what I'm saying? You should hit him up. He, he actually is a wrestler. He actually wrestled too. A few times. Oh, a few real? matches. A few that's, matches. That's crazy. That's, I'm, <laughs> but he's I into gotta, like the, he's into the, like, obviously synth synthesizer, Cintador. You know, I love synthesizers. But, I love synth. Sin <laughs> Neo. Yeah. Synth. I'll have to send you his info, man. You also right link on. Up. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so, uh, do you got a good, uh, do you got a good story like about your time, uh, like in the studio or something that you thought was going to be like, eh, turned out to be really good. Any Honestly, stories? I mean, I really feel like it's like your, your, your attitude coming into a situation, like your attitude is going to dictate the outcome. So if you uh -huh. come in and you garbage, then it's just, that's what we're going to have. We don't have garbage. <laughs> like it really, like you got to come in with a sense of love and like a sense of like appreciation for what you're trying mm -hmm. to accomplish. Like there's been so many times where 
I'm always like in maybe some type of doubt or some type of like misplaced right. confidence where I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I yeah, got it yeah, in that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know. Like, oh, and then you sit down and you'd be like, oh, we got another one. We got another one. Yeah, baby. It's like, uh, I'm not going to call any names in the, in the past like two or three or four years of this podcast, but I will say that there's been a couple on my schedule. Like, cause I keep a schedule on like, I'm not going to say guests, but I'm going to say like shows that I'm like, eh, eh. and then the downloads are better than I thought. So you know what I mean? No, so, for don't real. Don't judge a book by its cover. That's a big thing too. You don't know what resonates with people. You know what resonates with you. And sometimes you just <laughs> got to be the catalyst for people to get access, right? That don't mean right. it was really for you as much as it was for everyone else, right? Because, like, I do a weekly podcast as well, Lyrical One. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And so every Wednesday we get on and, you know, we had a string of interviews. And the thing that I realized is you just don't know who's watching. Like, you don't know who's resonating with what you're saying until they come and they give you the feedback or you see the data and the metrics. So mm -hmm. it is the thing where... I've come to understand that a lot of times the purpose of me serving what I'm doing isn't necessarily for me to serve me as much as it is for me to do the practice of it and then to find like to let other people find it, to let other people get it. Because it's like there's things that I, I have to grow to appreciate or there's things that I may, it may not just it may not vibrate with me, but there's people who gonna vibrate with it. There's people who gonna love it. And I got to like respect that. Like, I, I mean, mm -hmm. I. I make the choice to respect it, but I rather respect it because then I get to learn something from it. I get to explore something from it. I get to see something different. And like doing music, yeah. it's like that all the time. You could have like five whack songs, five whack beat stuff you're not feeling. And then if you mm -hmm. stop at the five, that's whack. That's all you got. But if you keep pushing, then you get that one and you're like, oh, I'm back. I revitalized. I'm, I'm recharged. <laughs> this is getting, this is everything yeah. I need. And so, you know, it's it's not to say that I don't have those moments in the studio where I'm just like frustrated and I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Like, what do I where do I go from here? But I realize like my my temperament dictates a lot more than anything. Like if I'm sitting mm -hmm. there and I'm like, I'm not dealing with myself and not processing things. Like I remember there was right. periods of time where I'm just like in a dark place. But I learned like, okay, what do I need to like get through that to like mm -hmm digest process and move past it to then be able to get back to a place where there's more balance. Right. Not to, I ain't saying it gotta be all chippy and happy <laughs> and like everything's rainbows. Right. But right you right, gotta right, have right. a certain balance where you're not inflicting a bunch of harm on yourself and those around you where then it's like, I don't want to be around you. Like what's mm -hmm. like, what is your problem? And it's like, you're right. What is my problem? What is <laughs> going on? What do I need to do? And so, yeah, yeah being in the studio, like, is to me a sanctuary but there's many sanctuaries right like i eat healthy i work out i spend time with my wife i spend time with some of my friends at least in conversation or family right and those right. things help balance me right i play a video game to get detached from the world and see something else these are things that i do to maintain that balance between reading or meditation or praying whatever the thing is going to be right screaming at the top of my lungs whatever is going to be to help me get that balance, that's what I got to do. And so that becomes reflective in everything else that I do when I got that balance. Otherwise, it'd be like, oh, bro, what's going on? You okay? You good? You, what's yeah. you going? You going through something? Yeah, it's like, that's like how people listen to podcasts. Like, what's Sean up to? He missed uh, he missed an episode this week. <laughs> so, Where you yeah, at, bro? Where you at? Where, you can't live your life, bro. You can't live yeah. your life. Yeah, yeah. I gotta be, I gotta be sensible or cynical this week. But, you know, can't, can't be. Sometimes can't it be gotta be one or the other. Sometimes it can't be both. Hey, Cindy, are you sensible or cynical? I mean, it depends on the day. Like, it depends on the moment, right? <laughs> right now, you're right now you're sensibly cynical. But I'm talking about like, are you sensible or cynical? I mean, it, it really, de it really depends. <laughs> like, okay, for me. I'm sensibly cynical. Like, this is this is my <laughs> well, thing. Right? But... <laughs> this is like this is me, one hundred percent. The world as it is is not sustainable for what we're trying to have, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, knowing that, I have to find sustain sustainability in what I do and how I curate community, how I curate an audience, how I curate mm -hmm. my people. Because when you pass a certain threshold, it's no longer sustainable. And the thing is, people have become like 
transfixed. They become so fixated and focused on kind of like romanticized. Like, yeah. Yeah. It becomes this romanticized thing where it's like, you're so infatuated with this, like this idea of something being so grand, not realizing we as people do not have the ability to truly understand what that is. Right. Like we mm -hmm. want to be around so many. And then as soon as you are, you not, you by yourself, you feel like you ain't got nothing. Like you don't have no room to love yourself. Like it's all about right. who you were around, who you were burst by. And then those mundane moments are mundane because you mundane. Like, because <laughs> you born, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hear you, man. I hear I'm you. I'm chasing fun. I need excitement. <laughs> right. And it's like, I see that in the politics. I see that in celebrity. I see that in people, how they consume. And it's like, you can you sit, like, can you sit with yourself? Like I said in the song, you want to protest, but you can't sit in silence. Yeah, exactly, right? man. A lot of people want to hear themselves speak more than others. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, nobody <laughs> peep game. Like, we ain't had another Martin Luther King, Malcolm X-like figure. We ain't had a Robert F. Kennedy since, they, since they've been gone. And everybody's mm -hmm. saying they want change, yet we are repeating the same behaviors and actions that have taken place for the past, like, what, five decades, six decades? That's yeah, that makes sense. So that's when I become cynical where it's like, <laughs> okay, y'all can have that. And then to be sensible, okay, let me build the community <laughs> around me where we can have those conversations and engage, where we can build something that's sustainable for us. Because like even though we engage on this platform together, it's mm -hmm. through the communal, right? You know Stunner the villain, I know Stunner the villain. It's not right. this thing where it's like Oh, my big major my brand guy. needs your big major <laughs> brand so we can converge our audience to get more people to watch all the stuff we're going to say. And then they're going to cater to us <laughs> and we don't give a crap about them. Right. It's like, yeah, we got to be hey, good, he's good people. See, so he's good people. So you got to be good people. That's it, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, exactly. Good people going to be around good people. And to me, I'm more about finding people who, you know, ain't as harmful. You know what I'm saying? Like, we go through mm -hmm. harm. Like, not to say we don't. Like, everybody go through harm. But are you working on it? Or are you just accepting it as is and letting that be where you fester and, and sit with? Because then it's like, oh, you're you going to get lost in the hype. You're going to get lost in the, in the machine. Because the machine mm -hmm. loves the harm. The machine, the machine gets paid for harm. If you notice, if you go on Facebook, most of the articles are just opinionated opinions recycled as news. <laughs> It's, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, headlines, it's, it's, people, headlines. it's people giving their take. Like, but then they, like, but they make it sort of like news. Yeah, because <laughs> the thing is, is that, like, okay, so now we're going to get into it. Now we're going to get into the deep. No, we don't got to get all in. We, can. <laughs> we don't got we, to. We're getting in the deep right now. We're getting in the deep. <laughs> so somebody put me on this documentary. This documentary, if you want to look, right, it's out. It's on YouTube, right? It's called Century of the Self. And it's a four-part documentary. You can find it where it's like all episodes in one. And what mm -hmm. this documentary does is it breaks down how the power shakers and movers of politics from world, I think it was like right before World War II, they have been finding ways to implement psychology and the de development of like psychoanalysis and how they give people information to have them having a rational response, right? Like you, they want you to feel irrational to then act emotionally, right? Not sensible, right? Not in a sensible or thought out approach. It's how do I give you this message, make you feel mm -hmm. something to then get you to do something, right? One example mm -hmm. that they had was when they started doing a quick cake mix, right? The instant cake mix, right? Mm -hmm. They they asked they asked the the they you know focus groups or therapy groups that's what they are right so let's not let's not even segment one from the other where it's like it's about marketing no 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 <laughs> this is them analyzing a group of individuals psych psychoanalysis to then say how do we sell this to you right so they asked the how the average housewife in a group would it be nicer to have easy cake mix where you don't have to do too much and I'm like yeah we would love this it would make life so easier. And then it wouldn't sell. So they got the same women back and they're like, well, why aren't you buying it? And they were like, well, because we feel guilty because we feel like we should be working harder. And so then they was like, oh, well, what is something that's symbolic of a woman that would make them feel like they're giving a piece of themselves for this instant mix? Oh, we could have them add an egg to it. 
because the egg symbolizes their own egg being given mm -hmm. as a sacrifice of work and worth into this cake mix. And I was like, what? But that's been done in everything. That's been done like to the umph degree in everything that we see is about how do we get you to feel this emotional moment? You know how many times I watch a Marvel trailer and I'd be like, ooh, mm. and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. With every amount of intention, this was done on purpose to get me to go mm -hmm. and consume and get the next thing, right? To make me feel like I need that. I got to have it. I got to see mm -hmm. that. I got to participate. And I've been trained. I go watch cartoons as a child. What is going to come on? Commercials. I got to get the G.I. Joe truck. I got to get the G.I. <laughs> Joe truck, right? Yeah. yeah the they, music they video to... is designed to sell me a lifestyle that is not sustainable because, yeah, when we look at it, how many end up broke or how many end up continually tra chasing the image of what they presented in the past and never grow beyond that, right? So to mm -hmm. me, it's like when you look at Facebook and you look at those articles, you look on Instagram, you see what's constantly being fed to you. It's on purpose. It's with every bit of intentionality because they want you to have an emotional response out of an irrational sense of fear, joy, lust, desire, pleasure, whatever, because that's, what, that's, that's how they've trained us. It's through constant messaging and so like yeah so century of the self is a documentary where it breaks all that down and it goes in depth mm -hmm. and that's just like one example cake mix but it's so real yeah I, that's what i like about you man real real respects real you know what i mean if you're one of those let me let me guess let me guess um obviously from this interview you like good dialogue but you know I don't like fake people. So, and you're not definitely not fake. So, this has been awesome. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. You're real. No, real as I real appreciate can get. you. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I appreciate it. Like, you know, it's it's unfortunate that being real has been like like put to the to the back burner of like being mm -hmm. fake and putting on a show. Like, it's one thing to put on a show for entertainment. It's another thing when you can't turn it off. Right. Like mm -hmm. the one thing I've seen when it comes to like artistry and fame and all that is that once you have a taste of it, it's hard to detach your ego from it. And then not only the ego, but like the investment that you have to have to maintain this boundary between you and people. Right. Right. Like I said, it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable to have a group of individuals risk their life day in, day out just to keep you safe. Yet that's the expectation when you got security guards. Right. It's not mm -hmm. sustainable to constantly be like self mutilating what you look like to achieve an idyllic image of who you think you should look like. Right. But that's mm -hmm. what we see oftentimes when we get on these on these apps, we look at people and they're like, oh, man, they, they lost a bunch of weight. They in shape. And it's like they got filters, bro. They got filters. They not just got <laughs> filters. They got liposuction. Right. They have people that they can go to that can go and mutilate their body to achieve an aesthetic right instead mm -hmm. of appreciating appreciating who you really are it's like oh i gotta go and look like xyz instead of am i healthy do i feel good is my blood pressure okay is my sugar levels cool <laughs> nah, 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 nah. that don't matter <laughs> go take all this fat in your stomach and throw it in a bag right and then you got the mm -hmm. weird looking belly button with the weird looking like <laughs> Stomach got my insulin right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But but you secretly you got all these other health issues, but because you present it well, people gonna mm -hmm. try and chase that because again, they've been fed the same media, like going back to Pac, right? Pac is seen as the super thug. When Pac came in as an actor, mm -hmm. he from the streets, he he a gangster. I'm gonna keep it 100 percent honest. I remember growing up, people would say, Oh, yeah, that dude is a set hopper. You you say you from there, and then you say you from over there, and then you say you from over there, but mm. where you really from, right? And so Pac was a young man, right? But because he presented himself as this charismatic, transfixed figure, he's one of many individuals who have perpetuated this image of falsehood without ever having like real resolve, right? It's like uber masculinity in the scope of the music industry. Yeah, like, no doubt, man. No like doubt. Malcolm X wasn't signed to a label. He wasn't doing it for like MGM. He wasn't doing it for Universal, mm -hmm. right? But as soon as you start to associate yourself with somebody who can benefit from your likeness, who can benefit from who you are, it ain't got nothing to do with like 
the hate you give little infants fucks everyone. It got to do with, I'm going to take your image and put you on a poster now. And people going to romanticize who they think you are because they never got to know you because you were the pinnacle peak, right? And so mm-hmm. what happens? People chase that same image, try to relive mm-hmm. it, and then they find out, oh, dang, this ain't sustainable. Mm-hmm. It's awesome, man. And um, everyone should check out Cineo, right? You got new joints dropping every day. You know what I mean? Every you're not going to tell us. You're not going to tell me what the next one is, right? You, I gotta check it out. I mean, I, I possibly could do a little preview to keep it real. Oh, yeah, I, got is, a little... I think this is how this is how we should end the podcast, right? Before yeah, you, you hey, hey, Cineo, Cineo, before What's we. Up? Before you promote it and give me a little preview, uh, what's your social media, man? My social media is at sin.senio, S-I-N.S-I-N-E-O. Thank you, Instagram, for not letting me get Senio SFC because y'all was, y'all was hating. Y'all made me go develop three other <laughs> accounts. So, yeah, yeah. S-I-N.S-I-N-E-O. I am Senio. Yeah, I got you um, on the sideways because I got to charge my phone. No, it's all good, man. I, I, I totally understand. I mean, I had to try. I, try, I like rushed to charge my phone before I got on. I was like, oh, let me get this juice real quick because I know once we got on here, you know what I'm saying? Get just talking at you now. You feel me? And we out here. <laughs> yeah, we, we in 40 deep at least. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know what I'm saying? It's for people, right? This is something for people to, to, to get informed or be engaged, but also like, you know, let's 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 build community let's let's engage with each other let's see what's up you know what i'm saying i mean what i want to know is how did you come up with the name sensibly cynical i wish i could take credit for my uh, for me doing it but i had a co-host back in the day and uh he was he was kind of you know a little more cynical and then i was sensible and then that's how we kind of threw names at the wall and that when when he said sensibly cynical, I was like, that's it. That is it. Teamwork make the dream work. But unfortunately, uh, we're no longer friends and that's a whole different podcast. I mean, when you when you say that they can be cynical. <laughs> he had different views and we, you know, it just, I don't really want to go into it. No, 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 but... not at all. You don't have to go into it at all. Like, no, no, it's not even a thing to go into. I just want to say that, like, you know, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to, like, come and talk to you and be a part of Sensibly Cynical. And, you know, you're doing your thing, right? Like, you're It is a good name. Up. It is a good name. It is a but... good name. You know what I'm saying? And it, even if the name changes, you're the one putting in the work, nah, right? Like, nah, you're the one changing. that's doing it. So that's that's all I can't get a better name than sensibly cynical. I'm this is episode 194, Cineo. I'm I'm uh I'm I'm five years deep. Five years deep. That's what I'm talking about. Consistency (laughs) out here. Nothing but growth. (laughs) It's been hit or miss on the consistency, but uh you know I'm uh, I'm hitting two hundred soon. So I I got more information. I got more information on that. That's what's um but uh yeah, go ahead, man. If you Want to hit us with the preview? Hit it with the preview. All right, let me see what's up. Let me let me see what I got real quick. I was literally working on it just before we got on. Like the process. So I use a software called Reason, and I just was like, I want to throw on some hi hats. So then I throw on some hi hats. So let's see where it's at right now. I don't know if you could hear it. Is it playing through the? Oh, I can hear it. You can. Yeah, it's coming through my uh, AirPods. <laughs> Good. Okay, cool. So yeah, like right now, like I get influenced by anything. So many random things influence me. And with this one in particular, I have to say it was Mac Miller. Mac Miller, I was listening to Swimming and I was just like, you know what? Like, I gotta, I gotta take the energy and make my own thing with it. And so this is what I created with it. Hey, thanks. I appreciate that, man. No, thank you. So vibes, I like it, bro. And uh, once again, um, where can people find you on uh, all your music, man? I mean, you can search on every platform: YouTube, Spotify, (laughs) Apple Music. S i n e o. S i n e o. That's it. It's I, simple. It's easy. 
All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us this evening. Senio, um, so grateful for your time. And this was kind of on short good. notice, so I appreciate that. Thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. And uh, everybody, check out Senio, A Song a Day. Check him out, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, what's that podcast name again? Lyrical Ones, every Wednesday. Lyrical Ones. All right, that's it. Sean, since right. we cynical, Senio, out. Peace. Peace.